Hi, cuties. This is Juliet. And Courtney. And you're listening to Kinda Cute. And Kinda Chaotic. Before we get into this episode, because this episode is going to be kind of kind of chaotic, like a little bit more chaotic than kind of cute. So we're just going to jump into this. But also, Juliet, where are you right now? Oh, so I am actually in the middle of Central Park. So if you hear any random noises, uh, it's because I am not in my usual filming space. So my boyfriend's at work right now. Daddy Mike is at work. And I decided just take myself out on a little date. So I'm walking through Central Park. And then afterwards, I'm going to find a cute place to get some lunch, do some content. I don't know. We'll see. I love that. And also, we love a good, like, taking yourself on a date type of thing. Some self-care. Absolutely. Absolutely. That. And that actually kind of ties in a little bit with our topic today. So for today, we're going to be tackling dating, relationships, breakups, all that fun, kind of cute, but also kind of chaotic drama. Oh, cuties. I will definitely be diving deep with breakups because that is what my life is all about right now. But we'll save that for later in the episode. Let's start from the very beginning of before any relationships, before any breakups. What about when we have a little crush? Oh my goodness, crushes. I feel like it's such a huge part of like middle school and high school culture for me. So realizing like when you like somebody is pretty wild because you're, I don't know, for me, it takes me a really long time for me to realize that I like somebody. It took me about two years to realize that I'm head over heels in love with Mike, (laughs) my current boyfriend. And so I don't know why, but I am so slow at realizing when I have a crush on somebody. I don't know about you. Are you like that? I'm a little bit different this way. Um, Before my long-term relationship and breakup, um, all I ever had was crushes. Like I would literally just see somebody. So it was never deeper than a crush for me. Like it would be like, I see someone I like, I love their energy. And then I would never do anything about it. And I was the type of girl who would just stare from a distance, think they're the cutest person ever, and then move on with my life and never speak to them ever in my entire life. That is what I did. A little bit more of like a fantasy, a cute little fantasy. Yes. And then if they looked yes. me, if they looked me in the eyes, I would go, Oh my God, they're obsessed with me. They're in love with me. We're going to get married. And then I would move on. So let's give some advice to the cuties. So how do you talk to a crush? And honestly, I might be the worst advice giver for this because the last time I was on the market was about two and a half years ago. And I am not the smoothest cutie on the planet. I am very, very bold to the point and not smooth and kind of chaotic. So I remember when I really liked, when I realized that I really liked Mike, it was really difficult because Mike and I were friends for two years. And then once I realized that I liked him, I was like, oh shoot, how do I, like, how do I talk to him now? Because now I'm thinking like, if I'm overly bubbly, if I giggle too much, if I, I don't know. There's so many different ways that I could have given away like, oh, I I really like you. And then on top of that too, it leads to that stress of, oh my goodness, well, if I expose that I like him, he doesn't like me back, it would ruin our friendship. 
or what if we try to date and we don't work out, it would ruin our friendship. So it was a very stressful time for Juju to have a crush on her, on her significant other. But what about you? Well, before he became my significant other, but what about you, Courtney? Like, how did you talk to your crushes growing up? Let's go back to you really fast. Having a crush on a really close friend is absolutely terrifying and I have definitely terrifying yeah and I have definitely been one of the girls who will literally I feel like it's almost like I start out friendships by having a crush on them but then as time goes on like I eventually am like oh okay I just see them as a friend like you know what I mean but at first I'm always like oh my gosh this person's perfect blah 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 blah. and then all of a sudden I'm like oh okay they're just a friend like yeah they're just a friend right um but also to tie in one more little tiny story of what not to do with Courtney and crushes (laughs) Um, funny story is in high school, my eyesight got really bad, but you know, I didn't really notice it until like whiteboards and everything like that. Cause I am nearsighted and I couldn't see up close. So remember that. Okay. So I get okay. a huge crush on this guy, but only of course, after I saw him up close in passing in the hallway, because I couldn't see him no other way. Okay. So after I saw a glimpse of him, as he walked by, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm in love. Like I am, I'm literally in love. So once I figured out my crush's blurry figure from afar, I would just always be staring at that blob of a guy. And I'm <laughs> and you know and you're like that's my husband but the thing the problem was it's like damn I was really staring a lot at that blob what if he was actually noticing me staring at him but he doesn't realize that I just think he's a blob so I didn't know oh my gosh I've never even thought about that that was so funny Juliet yeah like you have no idea I, no listen see so I I've, have I have 2020 vision so I don't you, oh 2020 that was really triggering you've uh, never experienced this oh my gosh 2020 no. triggering triggered the cuties are triggered oh my gosh but listen so I if you don't have good eyesight and you're just staring at your crush, but you're like, this is, he doesn't know I'm looking at him because I can't tell that he knows I'm looking I can't tell that he's looking back at me or anything. So anyways, come to find out we become good friends, like really good friends. And later on, he was like, I was just wondering, like, why were you always staring at me? (laughs) So I just want to tell all the cuties out there, please just wear your glasses. I don't care what you look like in your glasses. You need to wear your glasses because you don't want to end up like me. Now, fortunately we became good friends, but Mm -hmm. if you don't become friends with the blob of a crush you have, um, they will always just look at you and remember you as the girl who just stared at them so hardcore. Um, that it, I don't, I don't have good advice on, on talking to crushes because I just stare at them. Okay. But I did get contact. Basically, I got contact. Okay. The insurance covered that. Thank yes. goodness. Yes. So basically, uh, wear your contacts, wear your glasses. It can change your life. <laughs> right. Girl, we are that, chaotic messes. That leads into I got contacts, and then finally I could see my future boyfriend from afar. And I walked up to him. I had courage and talked to him. And then we dated for three yes. and a half years. And then he dumped me. But 
I wore contacts and I saw him from afar and I made that my intro. Right. Yep. I love that. Thank so you. going back to Mike, it was actually funny when we first met and I think I always had like a little crush on him, but then over time it turned into like a, oh my gosh, I can really imagine myself with this person. Aww. So we first met in 2018 at Pandora, the world of Avatar. And basically he was standing on kind of a bar and it was his first day of a part-timer. I was a CP. I was kind of like the token hot CP of that place, if I do say so myself. Love. <laughs> so humble. And basically, we're just kind of looking at each other, and I kind of gave him the eyes of, I see you see me. So he comes over to me, and he goes, wow, I've never met anybody from Oregon before. Yes. And so for the cuties that don't understand, at Disney, we wear name tags that have our home cities on them, and mine is Portland, Oregon. And I just paused and looked at him very stern and said, it's Oregon. And just walked away. <laughs> so not a good first impression. I'm definitely an Aries. So the Aries side of Juju came out. But basically later on, and he, he's good at taking a joke. So the next day he comes up to me and he goes like, just so you know, last night I was on the phone with my family and I informed them that they've been saying Oregon wrong their entire lives. And I was like, good job. Aww. After that, we kind of started talking a little bit more at work. We hung out a few times outside of work. And then my CP ended in 2018. So I went back to Oregon. Thank you, mind, Florida and Oregon are very far apart from each other. And we weren't about to get into a long distance relationship because at the time I truly thought I was done with Florida just to apply for the DCP three months later and then come back in January of 2019 to Florida. However, oh when I came back, that's when he left and came back to New Jersey and he was also dating somebody else at the time, but then they didn't work out. But we, we remained close friends. We always were good friends. But basically, um, I was fascinated in New York and fashion and all that. And he would be coming down to Disney quite a bit. So we would hang out, get dinner and all that stuff. And when I say that me and him would sit and talk for hours, it would be like hours and we would have deep talks. I don't know. I just felt safe with him. And basically what happened was there was one night when we were talking and, oh wait, very important factor. So after hanging out numerous times in Florida, he was like, since you love New York so much, come up and visit and see it during Christmas because it's incredible during Christmas. So I was uber excited. We started planning a bunch of things to do together. And then one night we were talking before our New York trip and I kind of started hinting at him like, hey, hi, I like you. So as we were talking, um, I said something on the lines of that, like, you know, you are such a kind-hearted person. You are so sweet. You are very loving. Um, you're so handsome. And I think any girl in this world would be so blessed and so lucky to have the opportunity to date you. And so I kind of sent him that text. And oh my then he gosh. was actually, it was, it was on Thanksgiving. And so he was eating dessert with his parents downstairs. And he pauses and goes, I got to go take care of something upstairs real quick. He was so nervous. Oh, so he texted me back and he basically said, um, I wish I would have screenshotted this because, you know, two and a half years later, it would have been like a nice little memory to have. 
Yes. But I recall him saying something along the lines of, well, I've always viewed, viewed you so highly and viewed you in such a different light. I think that you are an amazingly brilliant woman and you're so kind to everyone and you're gorgeous on the outside, but your heart is just as beautiful on the inside and all of that. And he was like, there's questions I've always wanted to ask you that have always been too scared to, but I feel like now it's the time. And he was like, so when you come up and visit me, can it be a date? And I was like, hell yeah. (laughs) So he planned our first date in New York. We went ice skating at Bryant Park. We drove to Massachusetts the next day and made a candle at Yankee Candle Factory. And it was just absolutely Hallmark movie-esque. And one of the things that he told me was that the year before in 2018, apparently I sent a Snapchat to a bunch of my friends eating Popeye's chicken when I was on my period. And I was like binge watching Hallmark movies and hoping that one day someone will love me enough to go ice skating with me during Christmas. <laughs> and so then next she took me ice skating for Christmas as her first date. Oh my gosh. So he, first of all, he pays attention. And, but what I've really learned from all of this is that one daddy, Mike literally practically introduced you to his family the night you guys met because he wanted to correct all of them. And then two, (laughs) so you've known the family for a very long time and two, always say yes when people want to take you on a date states away um apparently that always ends up working out and then you end up moving there and living a happily ever after with that person so if someone anywhere around the world wants to take you on a date you just go you just go right yes Yes, absolutely just go why not what do you have to lose I know. Why not? When I actually came up here and met his family, him, his family, his friends, all that, they were like, oh, so you're that beautiful girl that Mike has been talking about for the last couple of years from Disney. And I was like, what? And they're like, yes, we've seen your Instagram. Mike always, always talks so highly of you. So apparently one of his friends would make a joke and he'd be like, oh, that's so funny. You know, it reminds me of my really awesome friend, Juliet from Disney she makes really funny jokes too and his friends would be like oh yeah your little friend from Disney just a friend you don't like her oh my gosh it was also kind of like nice to know that his whole family I don't know I feel like if you tell a lot of people this person's special it means that you're special I don't know (laughs) yeah for sure sorry that you just like go go nose deep into um my story we were talking about crushes and how to talk to your crushes but anyways cuties here's the advice that i have is that there's no such thing as things being perfect there's no such things at no such thing as things going smoothly usually when you tell someone you like them it doesn't go smoothly it actually ends up being kind of funny and awkward but later on it makes a really cute story so that is my advice is don't over romanticize in your mind what it's going to be like when you tell your crush that you like them. Yeah. You just got to go with your gut, go go with what feels right. And at the end of the day, if they don't like you, hey, at least you know, so you can move on. Exactly. But what about you, Courtney? <laughs> What's your advice for telling your crush that you like them? 
Um, my advice is wear glasses when you need to. Don't stare at them from afar for too long. You can do little glimpses. You can do little winky winks, but don't don't just sit there and stare at them and then run away. Um, I, this has happened way too many times for me. I don't even know how I landed a long-term boyfriend. Um, <laughs> no, you know what? I know why, because I got contacts. That is why. Anyways. Right. Um, <laughs> I feel like we should have like a contact ad playing now or something like that, you know? We should. Like literally like <laughs> contacts could sponsor us. I'm just saying. Oh my God. We're going to have to get this to happen because I can go on and on about all my awkward um, situations because of me being blind. And then um, how life has been after the contacts have been put into my eyeballs. Anyways, guys, I'm so sorry to go off on a tangent about. um, No, I I absolutely love it. It's really inspiring. It is inspiring. This is super inspiring. We're going to hop into the next topic, which is kind of like the talking stage slash dating stage. Now, again, this is a very rusty area for me because I have not been in this area for, oh, good. Yeah, like two and a half years, maybe close to three years. I don't know. But I feel like a, a word that is commonly used today is situationships. And it's basically like, you and this person do everything that a boyfriend and girlfriend do, but you're not boyfriend and girlfriend. Is that when I am gathering from the kids nowadays? Is that correct, Courtney? Yeah. And so I don't have uh, experience with situationships because my advice about that is don't get in them. If it's, if they won't give you a title, bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Right. Because bye-bye. we deserve a lot more, but I have seen plenty of my friends and situationships so I am practically a situationship expert right I have been in a situationship it's never been by choice it's always been like I'm dating somebody and they're promising a relationship much later on but Mm -hmm. you know it's looking that way and then it never goes that way and then I end up heartbroken and being like why am I not good enough for a relationship yeah I say I say if, if they want to, or if they, what is the words, if they wanted it, to, they will. Right. I think my current situation is quite literally proof of that. So that's what I would have given advice to 2019 Juliet, just because like back in 2019, it felt like I would get really close to a guy. Like we'd spend time together. We'd go on dates together. We would act like we're in a relationship but they wouldn't make me their girlfriend. And it really always upset me and really always kind of made me feel like I wasn't good enough. And so if you are in a a situationship, just know that like, that's not a reflection of you. Someone else not not being able to commit is not a reflection of you. And at the end of the day, something that I learned about myself from this was that I don't like inconsistent people. I like consistent people. I like consistency. one of the things I always said was that I could never do a yo-yo relationship. So a yo-yo relationship is basically like one week you're really good and you spend every day together and it's super lovey-dovey. And then the next week you spend every single day fighting, almost breaking up or you break up. And then the next week you're back to like, you know what I mean? The people who are on together, off together all the time. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I just can't do that. I have anxiety. Like I just, I need to know, (laughs) like, you know. 
Absolutely. So, yeah, that's, I think, but I think in order to have learned about, learned that about myself, I kind of had to go through that really crappy time. And I also, again, going back to our last episode, this also gave me a chance to become more confident with who I am and become more, yeah, I guess just more confident with who I am because it was like, listen, there's actually so many pros to having me as a girlfriend and being, I mean, Mike could probably speak on that. Like I'm pretty great. So yeah, but yeah, Courtney, so you've never been in a situation but a lot of your friends have been in one. So what advice do you give your friends who are going through situationships who either are fine with it or they want to move on from it? It's so hard because coming from like a friend perspective, you just want your friends to be happy. And that's also, it's just been the hardest part about it because obviously they want it to work out with this guy. They want to be with that person and either they're fighting a lot and then like, like fighting like their boyfriend and girlfriend, but then they're not, or like they want it so badly to be that person that is their partner. And at the end of the day, it's just like, you need to know your worth. You need to set boundaries for yourself. You, if like, okay, if they, if they want you to do the, their laundry, you need to be upgraded to the girlfriend package. You are not going. Right. Don't to- do, don't do girlfriend things at a whole price. Exactly. So honestly, it just, it all depends on like your happiness with the situationship, but you know, I feel like a lot of us can all say that you don't want to be in that you want to be in a relationship. So you need to think about, is it worth keeping that person like so close to you? If it's just always going to be a situationship, or would you like to move on and be in a relationship with someone who wants to be with you a thousand percent and wants to do life with you? You have to think about it that way as well. Right. And I also think too, that I remember when I was in those situations, it was like, you know, I've even think about it to my friend. And I think the way that my brain kind of was is that because I wanted it to work so badly, I almost imagined things that weren't real. Does that make sense? Like, um, I, he, for example, he would say something like just a nice little compliment and I would take it as this means X, Y, and Z. And this means something huge and grand and he is going to ask you to be his girlfriend and mm-hmm. I think that's just because you're so hopeful about it that you just imagine things that kind of aren't really real and kind of become a lot more analytical like oh he put his hand on my knee when he was driving today like he's definitely going to ask me to be his girlfriend and I also think too after being in that situation Oh, there's like a bunch of kids playing tag. Looks like they're having a ball. Okay, anyways. So <laughs> after being in that situation and realizing, kind of being in that situation and then having my boyfriend that I have now, I was like, wait, I really thought that I was like of a high value when he would do something very bare minimum, like put his hand on my leg while he was driving. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so situationships aren't really for everyone. However, I mean, if both parties are genuinely okay with it, then hey, go for it. But at the end of the day, if you're genuinely not okay with something, there's nothing wrong with stating how you feel and following your gut on what you think long-term is the best decision for you. 
So let's go ahead and segue into another topic. We're going to talk about relationships now. And this is such a loaded topic because every relationship looks different. There's people who do open relationships, people who do long distance relationships, or how do you get to that point? How do you get the person to commit? Because I think that we live in a very different time where relationships are kind of not really common for people our age anymore. I don't know. What do you think on that? Being a recently single woman, I am already terrified of these streets. No, just kidding. Um, but we out here in these streets. <laughs> but I'm already like, it is just so different these days. And I feel like everything revolves also around dating apps and everything like that. And I just... I'm a little scared. First of all, I'm not ready. But second of all, I am totally scared to jump onto those kind of things. I just want it to be so like um, natural where you meet in person, but it's a little harder these days as too, um, as well, because we're all like doing our own things. I remember with Mike, one of the things I really appreciated about him was that when we broke that ice, I know that he was really uncomfortable and he did it, but I greatly appreciate it. He literally said, my goal in life is marriage with dating. And he, he said something along the lines of that. You have a lot of qualities that I would love to have in my future wife. And I can see us building on that together and being a team together. And I would love to work towards that goal, goal with you. Oh, my God. How did you find right, him? <laughs> I think for a lot of people that would scare them away but that's what I want and I want to hear yeah and I think sometimes you have to have those uncomfortable conversations to know exactly where you stand and know what you're working towards um there are a lot of people in this world who don't view marriage as you know the end-all be-all or they don't view divorce as a big deal for me and Mike we both come from parents who have been married for Oh goodness, my parents have been married for 33 years. No, 34 years. Yeah, 34 years. And his parents have been married for, I think, close to 30 years or so. So, you know, we both come from that background. And so for us, it's natural for us to really want that. But that's uncommon for people our age. And yeah. so when he expressed that, I greatly appreciated it. And it also made it very clear that we are both working towards the same thing and also how to communicate on working on those things. It was so funny the other day in the car, we were talking about, you know, everything that's going on in Florida right now with things being taught in school and all that. And as a joke, I just asked him, I was like, so who do you think would be the quote unquote strict parent between us two? Because keep in mind, we're almost at that three year mark. We do have other news hopefully coming not not a baby not a baby but like you know we're hoping in the next year for a little blingy bling but it was just like as a joke I said hey who do you think would be the stricter parent and he was like actually me so you know a lot of people avoid those uncomfortable talks but I think that those talks are so important because you do learn more about how you're actually going to work together you know serious talks and just communicating is so important for any relationship to last a long time and just to feel 100% comfortable with that person because then you know exactly what they're thinking and they know exactly what you're thinking. 
I would know from experience because, well, not that part. I would, I wish I knew from experience with the 100% open communication. So especially if you do see a relationship going long-term or you would like it to go long-term, I just feel like you have to have the serious talks and you need to create goals together. And I think one of my problems was that both sides of the relationship didn't want to completely open up and communicate about what they saw for each other's future and also for the future together. Um, For example, he knew I wanted marriage and kids from the beginning. And for me to be so open about that and for him to say, oh, eventually, well, that communication meant to me that, okay, eventually we're going to get married and have kids. But what happened is then all of a sudden it's, they don't want those things. And it's like, okay, well, that was three and a half years of you knowing that I want those things. And the communication wasn't completely set up and the foundation wasn't set up for me to know exactly what you want as well. So it's just a lot about being completely open. And even if there are differences and everything like that, if you can just talk through those things there, you, you can either find out together that it's just not going to work and you guys aren't compatible, or you can stay silent and years will go by and years and years and years. And then all of a sudden, Oh, wait, I need to end this. You know what I mean? Right. And I will say this from my experience in my relationship, people are always shocked when they find out that me and Mike do not fight. Like it's, it's crazy. And one of the things I always say is that because of how well we communicate with each other and how open we are to listening to each other, I think that's the reason why me and him do not fight. One of the things I always tell people is a lot of people are like, oh yeah, 100% open communication. But you also need to be open to receiving open communication. You need to be open to hearing out their perspective. And the truth is, these conversations are never comfortable, especially if you have opposing views. Or also seeing how maybe you came across in a way that you didn't mean to, you know. And I think that's the reason why Mike and I don't really fight. And I think sometimes when you avoid those open communicative or I'm making up words, I think when you avoid those uncomfortable conversations because you're so worried about hurting the other person's feelings or you're not ready to have that conversation, I think what happens is it leads to leads to a blowout that honestly might not be able to be fixed. Well, so you say that you guys didn't fight a lot because of you guys had really good communication. Well, for me and my ex-boyfriend it was that we weren't fighting very often because we just he didn't want to create that communication with me so where when I spoke up about something that's bothering me he would just stay silent and at first it was something where I was like oh this is great like he lets me talk and he Like either he, I just kept thinking in my head that he was agreeing with me or something like that. But no, it was the fact that he didn't want to communicate how he felt. So he would just let me talk and then try to just let it simmer away. So that is why we didn't fight as often until I literally would have to repeat myself over and over and over. And then it would turn into a fight. So unfortunately it was just not the healthiest for me. Um, the relationship was really great, but also 
communication. That's like right. a key for it to last long, you know? Right. And I think kind of, we're kind of similar in a sense of that, like you said, you had to end up repeating yourself. And I'm someone who is, I don't yell when I'm like, you know, I don't yell. I don't do any of that. However, the way that I am, I am very calm when I present my emotions. But if you keep ignoring me or gaslighting me, I will get loud. And it's because I'm so frustrated that my emotions are not being listened to. And it's like, you know, because before Mike, I used to think that I was almost crazy, like, because I'd feel a certain way. And whether it be like a family member or like an ex-best friend that wouldn't be able to acknowledge my emotion, I would just get so frustrated. But with Mike, I realized it's like, no, I'm frustrated because, you know, having to repeat yourself many times and how you're feeling and where you're standing is very frustrating. And I think it's a symbolization of that person doesn't care, mm-hmm. you know, at least how that's how I take it. And that's why I get very emotional when that happens. I really do sympathize with everyone having like, some people just have a harder time talking to others about their feelings. So it's such a hard place to stand where I'm like, I think this person really does care, but they have a really hard time like showing it or expressing it. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, it's like, I understand that you have a hard time expressing it, but that's something I need. So unfortunately, this just will not work out. And maybe that person will find someone else that will help them open up and share and show that they care instead of us just having to assume they care or feel like they don't care even when they do. So that's something I've had to learn. And that was really hard for me. And I was like, you know, I deserve someone that always will show me that they care. Not that I remember being the way that you need. Yeah. I remember being told that, well, I've already told you this, so you know it. And I'm like, "Mm, I would like for you to remind me sometimes, you know? Right. And I think too, that like, And I love what you said that this isn't the way that I need it. And I think that for a while it was kind of like, oh goodness, I saw this post and it reminded me of that where it would say, well, this is how I am. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, you can be how you are, but is there a way that you can meet me halfway and try to try to give me what I need for my emotions. And I try to give you what you need for your emotions. And or also even just taking a step back and be like, you know what, you can't give me what I need. And so I need to move forward. And I think that that's kind of like a newer concept. I think before it was very frowned upon to leave a relationship just because they weren't giving you the love that you wanted. Whereas now it's like, yes, absolutely. If you are feeling like you are lacking something, step away. And so Courtney, I think that this is important to kind of talk about because it's the circle of life. Everyone has to experience it one way or another in their life. And that is topic of breakups. So buckle up. It's time for that talk. So I personally haven't experienced a boyfriend breakup from like a very serious relationship I've had like boyfriends of like a few months breakup and it's never easy but Courtney you're going through a 
almost a three and a half year relationship breakup. So if you don't mind, uh, can you be honest with us and kind of explain like what happened and how are you feeling and how are you still feeling? How are you feeling different than you did when the breakup happened? Are you feeling like you've grown or anything like that? Oh man, so many things I could say here. So um, if everyone wants, I'm gonna give you five seconds to go grab some popcorn, you know, a nice, um, a little coffee, if you may. Put your tennis shoes on and head to Central Park. <laughs> yeah, just walk around, go start laying oh, by down the way, your couch. I hit, I hit my 10,000 steps, like at the beginning of the episode. Oh, we love that, cuties. Why don't we can all yes. do some cute things outdoors sometimes? We can all go walking while listening to the podcast. You just let us yes. know that is self-care, baby. But all right, now that I have gotten all of your guys' attention. <clears throat> okay, so yes, three and a half years. This is a pretty sad topic for me, but it's pretty bittersweet at the same time. But everything happened out of the blue. And this is where it's just so shocking. Um, and everyone's like, maybe you should have been looking for signs. And I was like, honestly, there wasn't any, okay. Only for one week leading up to it, that it got really weird. And what happened was new jobs, things were changing in our lives. So he got a new job a lot of things were going on. There's a lot of stress in the family. Um, and, but we were literally talking about buying a house. Like we were, it, it that's where it's just, everything doesn't make sense because three weeks before. And, and buying saying, a house is a very big commitment, by the way. Yes. Like yes. I would say up, up there with legally getting married or having a child together, it's, it's a pretty big commitment. Yes. And all in, and also to be said, we had lived together almost for a year at that point. And he had told me from the beginning of moving in together that that was really serious for him. That to him was like marriage, but also to know that, well, it wasn't marriage, you know, that was almost like a test run, you know, like when you get a car and you, you want to just do a little test drive real fast to make sure this is the car you want to drive in forever, you know? So right. That is what we were pretty much doing. And very out of the blue, he decided to wake me up in the morning and it was 8 a.m. And he said, I want to break up with you. He's like, I didn't have a lot of time to think about this, but um, because you kept asking questions all week because I was trying to communicate with him because I was like, hey, buddy, like something's going on. This seems really weird. But then I trusted that nothing was wrong. Um, I'm not going to ramble too much about each like part of this breakup, but right. But you, you felt in your gut that something was off. Yes. And he would be just working all day long and he'd start at 9am in the morning, not get home till 2am the next morning and then go literally go back to work at 9am and then would say, I don't have to tell you where I am. And that's when it got really weird. Like he would, he just didn't like having to tell his partner, like where, like why he would be gone all day. And that is such a big red flag right there. Like you should want to tell your partner 
like, hey, honey, I'm not going to be home until this time I'm going out with my coworkers, which is completely fine. So long story short, he breaks up with me and he says that he doesn't know where he's going to go for a few days, but he's just going to give me some space. And then it turns out he actually got on a flight that morning. That's why he had to wake me up to break up with me. Um, and he comes back. So I hate being woken up. So I... I literally told Mike this, like, if you wake me up to break up with me, it's on site. Like, we're fighting. (laughs) Right? We're very different people. (laughs) Now, I've went through, I've gone through a few stages so far. It's been over a month now. um, And I do feel like I've been taking this really well. Maybe it's because I just watch all the videos and read all of the advice I possibly can. But after a few days... There was a stage of in shock, like this isn't real. Like he said he needed, he didn't think about it. So he's going to come back to me, you know, like this isn't real. Like I would still be back together with him. But then as time went on, new events happened. He started treating me like a stranger where like I had never, it felt like he had never loved me once in my entire life. And that really started to hurt. And then it turned into anger for me. Like, why would he do this? Like, why did he not even try? Why didn't he fight for this? And I had to do a lot of like digging deep into myself. And I was like, you know, maybe we weren't as compatible as like we wanted to be. Maybe I was just so like, I loved him as a person to where I was like, oh yeah, I will change what I want to be with you, which that's not fair to myself, you know? Um, so things started happening like that, where I started having realizations where I'm like, okay, do I really want my partner to completely like dismiss me the moment he's upset with me? Cause this felt at the time, it felt like he broke up with me. Right. But why is there no respect now? Why is there no love? Like, why isn't he sad at all? Which, like I said, he's really good at hiding his emotions as well. Right. But I will say this, I watched Grey's Anatomy. And again, this absolutely makes me an expert on everything because you know, Grey's Anatomy. Mm -hmm. But there's a part where, you know, Derek is dating Meredith. And but in order to like, but Meredith wanted him to like officially divorce his wife or whatever. And although I don't agree with that situation, one thing that he did say that did kind of make sense was that he was like, keep in mind, we were married for 11 years. That's 11 Christmases, 11 Thanksgivings, all that stuff. And although you guys like weren't on that level of 11 years, it's like, that was still, you know, three Christmases, three major, you know, went through a pandemic together. Right. And so it's like, In your mind, it's kind of like, okay, so we just pretend like that doesn't exist anymore, that all that really quality time doesn't exist anymore. And uh, from my perspective, I remember when we hung out the day after, and I think that we were both kind of in the same mindset of like, he's going to come back. Like, this isn't isn't done done. Like, he's going to come back. And it's like, uh, yeah, I just remember... Now, I remember when you texted me, I literally texted back and said, you're joking. I thought you were playing like a cruel joke on me. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I just, long story short, I had to come to terms with that he just wants to be single and he, 
I do respect the fact that he told me that he doesn't think he can give me what I want and deserve. And I deserve more than what he's saying. But also this just sounds like it's coming out of straight out of a movie. Like, come on, there has to be more, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I'm just going to accept that he doesn't want to be with me because if they want to, they will, if they want to be with you, they will, they will fight for you. And that's when I knew that this person wasn't for me because he did not fight and I still love him. And I always will love him. He was my first love, but he wasn't for me. And I can't wait to find a guy that wants to do life with me. And if we're ever going through a rough patch, I want him to fight for us. If you're, if, if you're not willing to fight for us, then like, it just doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. Like I want to be fought for if there's ever that, like, if you ever have to, you know what I mean? Right. I completely agree and understand. Do you feel like what do you feel like you've learned from this? We'll definitely have to keep asking that question as time goes on, because I really want to look back and see where I came from and where I am um, as time goes on. But so far, I've just learned that I really thought this was just going to break me. And don't get me wrong. I am like so heartbroken over this situation because my whole life is being altered. Everything's changing. Um on top of all that, I've been rear-ended recently. My phone broke. Um, he took the bed, so I don't really have a bed to sleep on at the moment, but I have an air mattress, baby. Um, just so many things. But at the end of the day, like I am still so grateful for everything and I will cherish those memories forever. But I've learned that now there there I'm not I'm standing up for what I want in life I will not settle I will not like set my boundaries differently like they're probably raising now like where I'm I want what I want and if that person doesn't want those things too I it just it's not gonna work out like I don't know I don't know what I'm saying right now no I absolutely agree I think that like what you mean is that there's certain topics and certain things that you just can't compromise in order to be with somebody else. For yes. me personally, I learned that I can't date someone who doesn't have the same faith or value in religion the way that I do. Or mm-hmm. I can't date someone that has an opposing view on a certain thing. And that's okay. And you know what? It's so much better to just not compromise that than to try and compromise that for the sake of being with that person and losing that part of you. Absolutely. Like, it's just at the end of the day, unfortunately, he wasn't my person and, and that's okay because, but for these three and a half years, I learned so much about myself, about what I value and what I cherish in a relationship and what I think I deserve. And I learned like, I, that was my first time really learning how to love someone so deeply for all that they are. And so yes. not going to lie. And you learn that you are able, you yes. are able to do that. Absolutely. And now it's like, of course, there's going to be no rush into getting another, into another relationship because that first one came so naturally. And I want that again for me. And I want 
hopefully one day to, I read something where it said, imagine finding someone who loves you as much as you love them. Like imagine, find, imagine how much you loved someone and, and it was the wrong person. And imagine how much more love will be in your life when you're loving the right person. Right. So that is what is keeping me sane. (laughs) Yes. And let me tell you something. It exists. Like being with Mike, I didn't know that I could love someone as much as I love Mike. And I never knew that someone could love me as much as Mike loves me or the way that Mike loves me. So it exists out there. You have to be patient, but it exists. If I could tell like 2019 year old Juliet crying over a situation ship, like be excited for what's to come. Like she wouldn't believe it. You know what I mean? Right. So I definitely think that it, it exists. All right, my friends. So thank you guys for tuning in today's episode. And it was such a good episode. It was very therapeutic. We learned a lot. We laughed. We had a great time. We cried. We cried. And honestly, sometimes you need that. Sometimes you really do have to cry it out, you know? Oh, yeah. All right, cuties. Well, make sure you follow us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Hey, there's a YouTube vlog now. Yay. So with that being said, cuties, this is Juliet. And Courtney. And remember, always keep it cute. And kind of chaotic. Bye, cuties. Bye.